<laughs> like really she introduced me to the one black person right. in, the com- in, the com- in the company and so I was like okay so I took his number down but in my head I was like I'm never calling him ever <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Gamble's Green Room. I'm your host, Mike Gamble, bringing you the people you need to know with the stories you want to hear. I am joined today by, once again, all of my guests are special, so I'm joined by another special guest. This little mofo right here. Uh, okay. I've been twirling around the world on stages from the U.S. to, to uh, Switzerland, to Sweden, to Frankfurt, then back to the U.S., doing his own company, we're going to get into all that good stuff. He is the epitome of good things come in small packages. Don't let the small frame fool you. <laughs> I'm talking about no other than the one and only Mr. Roderick George in the house. My little bruh. What up, boo? Hey, boo. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? It's real hard out here for a pill. I'm a hustler, baby. Okay. I just want you to know. <laughs> you know, we out here in these streets trying to stay safe, but hustling. I like so I like the little red cap you got going, doing a little, you know, give you a little bit bellhop moment. Okay. Little little Farrakhan bellhop. Farrakhan bellhop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So we're going to get into this so the people will find out who you are and why you mm-hmm. are so amazing as you are. Um, in the beginning, you are from Houston, Texas, baby. Yep. Yes, I am. I'm originally from Houston, Texas, third ward. So, you know. Okay. Did 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 you grow up with the with the with the Knowleses? They were around the way. Okay. They were around the way. Um, because we we're both from third ward where she lived until she moved to another suburb. Um, was very close to my grandfather. They were literally like she was on the on the bayou and my grandfather was near like on another street. Okay. And then we also went to middle school. We didn't go to middle school together. She was in eighth grade when I was coming in. And then we went to high school for the performing and visual arts. And then they all left. And when I was <laughs> they all left. Left when I was coming in. Okay. Yes. Oh, so be a little older than than him is right now. <laughs> Because I think she's a class of 99 or no, she's class of 2000. I think she's class of 2000 and I'm 03. Okay. 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 So did you start dancing at the high school of performing arts or was that your, that was a point of, uh, of destination. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had started actually at a, magnet school called uh, so it was an elementary school that had a magnet program where you could do extracurricular curriculum activities after school after three o'clock my parents worked until five to six some days and um my mom wanted to put me into some type of activities that keep me going because mm-hmm. i was already quite active but i was she was actually doing it because I was a very shy a kid. I was really, really quiet. I what? Speak. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, like that. <laughs> I know. It's a, it's a thing. It's a thing. 
Um, I was actually extremely shy. I didn't speak like at all. I wouldn't speak. I only would speak to my mother. Um, even, even sometimes I wouldn't even speak to my dad. It would be very like, I would be abnormally shy. And it was because I had a stutter and a stutter. And I had, and I was dealing with dyslexia and I didn't know like how to like figure it out. Wow. And so went to this school this school gave activities. There were friends. I didn't have any friends when I was growing up as a kid. I was, you know, I had my cousins, but I was being bullied a lot because I was very small. Mm. So that was also like all those different things um, allowed me to stay quiet. Mm. And mm-hmm. then when I got to magnet school and I started dancing, I started first doing gymnastics. So as a gymnast and then from gymnastics, I ended up uh, going to dance, just learning like lines and small things just to like mm. get the, uh, like the technique for gymnastics together. Then I end up going to the Houston Ballet um, Academy. Oh. Into, I mean, 1993, 92, sorry, 1992. I was like seven years old. And then from there, I stayed in that institution and I was quiet there too. I even, like during grad school, I had to contact one of my, one of my favorite teachers who was a Singaporean woman. And she was the one that kind of like helped me. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to keep the air off in order for us to hear each other. Oh, no. So I'm sweating. I'm sweating up in here. It's, it's, you know, New York, New York summers, they're just like, <gasps> and, and I'm like naked too. I'm like, that humidity. Naked. I hope you ain't taking a shower. You know, and you're like, I'm real naked, but it's okay. <laughs> anyway, um, with all that being said, I spoke to her, and one of the things she said, I asked her, what did you find within me that allowed you to like cultivate me? Like, mm. like what I am. And she said, the first thing she said was whatever was happening at home. I don't know, but you were a very tiny, scrawny, shy kid. And I wanted to just like unlock something from you because I can tell that whatever was happening at home wasn't being shared. Mm. And I was like, wow. You know, like, I don't know what's going on. I, I couldn't figure out what was going on at home. And and thinking about it, I knew so small things, but it was more about just being, I don't know, like being bullied a lot and mm-hmm. feeling like tiny and didn't feel like my existence mattered in the world. So mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, I knew that dance was kind of like opening up this portal for me to become my full self. Nice. And become your full self, you did, because this this dude is not shy and quiet no more, y'all. He lives in his full existence right now, and I love it, which is why we're so close, because the two of us together is, it. what did they used to say at Johnny Boy, Batman and Robin and Chihuahua and Rottweiler? <laughs> We was also uh, Carlton and, and Will Smith. Will Smith. Was a lot. <laughs> a lot. We had a lot of duos all right we, we're gonna get back we're gonna get back into that in a little bit because that's further down the timeline mm-hmm. but that's that's really dope that she she saw that inner light she saw that sparkle what like that flame that needed yeah. to grow within you and you felt it too through dance after gymnastics mm-hmm. to become who you are uh going to gymnastics shortly Weren't you like a junior Olympian gymnast? 
I well, I wasn't a, a junior Olympian, but I did the junior Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> what, the, what, the, what the hell does that mean? I, well, I mean, I didn't win anything. It was kind of tragic, but um, I had I had participated in one. I went to the Bella Caroli um, tumbling school gymnasium. thing. Yeah, yeah, school in in Texas. Uh, once like two summers, I did it two summers. Um, it was actually like, I felt like I was becoming something. Cause one of the greatest gymnasts that I was growing up to that I wanted to be like was Dominic Dawes. Yeah. And that was the only, the only reason I saw that was because of the men's, it took longer, but for men, it wasn't that many people of color that we right. saw, but Dominic Dawes was the image that people of color did see. And you she know, was my girl, also I thought I was going to marry her. And also, you know, she had worked with Prince. So, you know, that's also another thing, you know. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, I did that. And actually from, it wasn't from the uh, the Junior Olympics, but it was from another um, gymnastic meet. I was doing something new and I was transitioning to something new. And then as I was doing that transitioning inside the high bar, um, I lost grip <sighs> and from the loss, from losing my grip, I like flew from apparatus to apparatus and then landed really bad. And from that period is how I started having um, a phobia. Yeah. Yo, that see, that's why I never did the, the, the bars. Cause I was like, we not, we not going to be flipping around slipping, but how bad, but like, I didn't get injured really bad. I just got like, I had like a small back situation, but I didn't have an injury. Thank God. And, um, you know, it was so funny because gymnastics felt like I wanted to be a stunt double. That was one of the things that I want. I wanted to be as as I was growing up. I was like, Oh, I'm learning dance. I can flip. My, my dad had put me in like martial arts at one point. So I was like, Oh, I'm about to be the black Jackie Chan, you know, like, I'm good. like you know, I was all about it because, you know, us from the 80s, you know, Bruce Leroy, I was like, I'm about to be the young Bruce Leroy. I was very Am I the meanest? Show no. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I was very happy about you, like, like placing those things together. And also I think me going to gymnastics, it made sense for my parents because I used to be that kid who would climb up the roof and jump. And not feel fear. Like my my mother used to be freaked out all the time because I would climb trees, I would climb anything and just jump off of it and roll and do whatever. And they knew that I needed to put me in something to kind of like channel my energy. Cause I had a ton of energy. I just didn't know how to articulate right. what I wanted to say. So it came out and you jumping off buildings and trees and shit. Right. right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, parkour wasn't too big uh, around then. No, not then. Yeah, right. Not then. <laughs> but it's I okay. It's, it's, it's okay. Right. We did the gymnastics thing. Uh, right. <laughs> we went to the Junior Olympics. Now, you said you went to Bella for two summers. Yeah. But you were training in between that because you just didn't go to no Junior Olympics in two summers. Yeah. So um, the middle school, I went to the middle school that I did go to. Mm-hmm had a very heavy gymnastics team. And um, the coach at the time, his name was Coach Karasak. He's still, he's still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, he trained a lot of uh, 
really special gymnasts. And I was really grateful to work with some of them. It's like some of them uh, actually went, went places and stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, he was special and he picked me out. He like handpicked me from middle school because wow. people, you know, like they were look at middle schools and see who will be the next. So he handpicked mm-hmm. me. And then I had auditioned for the dance department mm-hmm. at two different schools. And one was better for dance and the other one was better for the gymnastic team. And I wanted to be a gymnast and I knew that gym, I was going to Houston Ballet every day. So it was mm-hmm. like, I don't need to go there. I don't need to go to the other school. I'll go to, I'll stay at Houston Ballet and I'll be focused on the gymnastic team mm-hmm. and see if this team will cultivate something better for me or mm-hmm. dance, but continue. And then when I got injured, I was um, thir- 13, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, that's when I started going fully on with dance. And then I auditioned for the performing arts high school. Okay. So what, sorry to bring up uh, trauma, but what did your phobia uh, manifest as and how did you get over it? Well, I didn't get over it. I mean, I still like, you know, you put me on to like some skyscraper. I'm just like, oh, oh. <laughs> you know, like, no, it's not gonna happen. Uh, wait, but, y'all, just, uh, so y- just so y'all know, you can't see why I'm laughing. It's the faces that he made. I'm not laughing because he's on a skyscraper having a fear. It's the face that he made. <laughs> when we release the video, you'll see why. But uh, but you still you still do a lot of general I mean, jumping, jumping. Yeah. I jump. I I do love indoor um, rock climbing. I do mm-hmm. like indoor rock climbing. But it's something about like the mat and the the, the safety net, like those mm-hmm. type of things. Um, I I can do. It's just looking down, like I just can't gotcha. do the look down. And um, like even there was a piece that I was doing in the company I was dancing for in New York. Mm-hmm. We had to run up this like, um, they had this huge ramp, mm-hmm. and we had to run up the ramp, and then there was a door, and we could do. I could do that. It was coming down. He wanted us to slide down that ramp. And I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Oh, wow. And I literally was like, I just can't do that. And so he found a way for me to just do a bunch of shit going up and down, <laughs> going up. I just wouldn't come down. I would go down the other way. I would like, <laughs> I'll, walk, I'll go down the stairs. <laughs> this is it an elevator? Okay, I'll go down that elevator. Okay. okay. Uh, can we, can we hold the lighting cue for a second? I'm coming back around the stage. Uh... Here I am. Thank you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Roger, share a moment. You know that. Oof. Right. <laughs> uh, has anybody seen Roderick? Oh, he's coming back from. Oh, here he is. Okay, here I am in my moment. You got to, so, you got to, you got to, you got to make a, a, a whole little dance scene right there, so that without Roderick, and then there he is. Then yeah. there he is, so I could come back in and make my grand entrance as I'm supposed to <laughs> at the time that it is. Therefore, <laughs> pursuant to my perspective. <laughs> pursuant. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. So, um, injury at age 13, 14 with gymnastics that led you into going to the high school for performing arts and going into the dance program more. Right. Okay. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was that? Mm-hmm. So what was the high school program like? Um, uh, it was fine. You know, people, <laughs> Wait, you know. uh, it was fine. There's- no, it was. It was fine. It okay. was, you know, I, I want people to understand that I'm from Houston. You know, it's still the South. And 
there's still some like other things that you know I was dealing with. Mm. You know, where when you're like five in the whole dance department and we're all looking at each other like and it could be like save me or it could be like I'm coming for you. You know, like right. it was it was and that was the way that and not just not just that department globally it still happened to this yeah. day where we're still looking at individuals and people of color as as ideas of you 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 may take my position mm-hmm. and <clears throat> and it's not about taking the positions about the idea like once we unlock this idea of white supremacy and how that has did a huge influx into how we're having our own personal trauma within each other mm-hmm. and feeling like crabs crabs within the barrel yeah we once we unlock that and say we together can work together mm-hmm. and we can be a community, it would be much better. Right. Um, and I think because of that, sometimes it was very difficult to be in the school when you're like, now I become friends with people that I wasn't friends with in high school, be, you know, because we got over the competition the, aspect of it. And we had career, we had our own separate careers, you mm-hmm. know, like we made our, we implemented ourselves into the space in a different way. However, um, with all that being said, the high school did cultivate something good. It unlocked a lot of things, but because of the high school as well, I was able to go to Ailey school in New York. I was, and that was where I like became crazy because Mm. I never saw people look and act like that. You know, from where I was from, you know, I would never even, I would t-shirt jeans, you know, my starchy jeans, you know, you know that, you know, (laughs) you say whole 30 minutes just doing one side, you know, like it it, it was about the culture of just being black, you know, and being also like looking clean, you know, Mm -hmm. and, but then when I went to New York and I would see like people wearing dresses and I'd be like, oh my God, like, oh, okay. And then they would like actually be very mature you know they would mm. take the train at a very young age and my mother was so sheltering on me you know like you can't do this you can't do that da, 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 da. so then on when i went to new york and taking the train for the other subway for the first time i was a bit like feeling anxiety mm-hmm. and i and i could see like people who have been taking the train since the age of eight you know so right. it's a different type of mentality and um, I learned so much from that. So I was grateful to be in a high school that had fostered this like outside realm mm-hmm. where I could see other dancers who were coming from those programs and growing tremendously right. just from like an eight to six week program. So I was, I was like, I want that. I want to grow. <laughs> I want to get that, that whatever shot they just got, you know. And then um, that's that. So how long? How long were you? You did the Ailey program for six weeks. Only two summers. Mm-hmm. Two summers. Uh, two thousand one and two thousand two. Mm-hmm. And uh, from those two summers, I got to meet some beautiful people. Uh, rest in peace, um, Denise Jefferson, who mm-hmm. cultivated and fostered some ideas for all people of color. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't about her saying, "Hey." you're going to be the next dancer at Alvin Ailey. She was like, Hey, 
we won't try. Yeah. But we got this person that's coming from Frankfurt. We got this person coming from Netherlands. We got this mm. person coming from London. We got, you know, so she was opening up this portal for all of us. And that's where I got to meet some of the the figures that I idolize to this day. And they were the reasons why I wanted to go dance in um, Frankfurt. So. You, uh, have you, in growing up in your building of your dance, were you primarily on the classic ballet side? In the beginning, yes. Mm-hmm. I was heavily into it. And it was mainly because of trauma. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, I wanted to do ballet so bad. I grew up watching Lauren Anderson and Carlos Acosta. They were like the black, you know, they were like the Michelle Obama and the uh, Obama. They were the Obamas. Yeah. In ballet. In ballet. Used to ballet, you know, and before their names really well, Carlos' name did catapult early, but Lauren's name catapulted after her career, and that for me was just like, <gasps> why? Like, why no one wanted to see her guest in so and so's company, or the, the, mm-hmm. like? I wanted to see her name in lights much more because she's through and through in the same idea as I was, you know, third war kid, grew up. There was a program that was forestering for people of color, inner city people to come into his Malay. And, you know, we didn't, they weren't putting the black people in the, you know, in the companies. Right. But she was one who got through. Mm-hmm. I was one who was a part of it, who almost had a possibility to get in there. And I was really happy that, you know, looking hindsight at it, as much as the trauma was for me, it was a great thing that happened for me. So basically um, when I turned 15, um, I had been pulled aside from the director of the company, the director of the school and one of the like high teachers, like one of the main teachers of the school. And they basically pulled me aside, the three of them, without my mother, without my, any parent, my father, um, to say, you know, you're 15, you haven't had a growth spurt, blah, 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 blah. Um, so most likely it's not going to happen for you in this company if you don't get a growth spurt. Um, so we want to see if we can sing you somewhere else. And what do you think about going to Ely? And I was like, I just started crying because the only thing I could say was in my head, why Ely and why not other classical schools that mm-hmm. may be helping me in the stature that I had? Right. Instead, you're sending me to a place that makes makes it makes sense for you that is recognizable to the skin that I met yep. the skin that I host and so I was crying about that and then on top of that you know like you're telling me you have to turn more you have to jump higher you have to do, 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 do. you have to be better than everybody because you're gonna have always these shortcomings in your life because of your height mm. and I'm like all right all right I'm gonna listen to you because you're saying that this is for me in my life. Mm-hmm. And they literally said, only thing you'll be able to do is Ailey. And if it doesn't work, then you'll be able to do Lion King. That's it. You know, and I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of stuff Yo. out there in the world. And you're just telling me two things is going to happen for me in my life. So I was like going crazy about that. And so because of that, I wanted to prove them all wrong. 
And I started like being more heavy into it and driven into it that I had ended up competing for this pro um, for this competition in I mean in America called Young Arts. At the time, it was called the National Foundation for the Advancement of the Arts. Mm -hmm. And this program was a talent program that um, people would submit a video. From that video, you have to uh, put a technique solo and then do an actual solo. So I submitted three things. I went there for ballet. Well, I submitted for ballet. I submitted for modern and I submitted for choreography. And all of it, I made my, each variation, each thing, I did my own. Mm. And at the end, they brought me there for ballet. All my friends were there for modern. And it was only five of us there for ballet. Three of them, three of the, of the dancers in ballet were already in companies. One was in city ballet as a staff year or as an apprentice. One was in Boston Ballet already as a core member. And the other one was in um, ABT. Getting ready to, like, she was in the studio company at ABT. Mm-hmm. So I was already like, I'm in high school. <laughs> all right. <laughs> and I won that, I won that competition. I beat them all. Well, there was only two, like, there was two of us who got level one. Mm-hmm. And, the other, and then two got level two. And then one got level three. And this, like, level one is the highest. I got level one with another dancer who's at Boss Ballet. And I and you're 15 at this time. No, no, no. At that time, I was uh, 17. Either way, you're still and very young. And I did that. I did that program, and I became the presidential scholar of the of the whole program. So, and it was because of like in my head, I and you know my story was also a story you know i was this small i was small i was the only black kid doing ballet it was like a whole thing but the way i presented myself was clear like i didn't you brought me here for ballet i'm letting you know why did you bring me here for ballet and i'm also letting you know thank you because now i get to like prove myself to to this very like high elite this is an elite that mm-hmm. you're bringing and for me to win it was like a like a big big thing and then the following year um no two years later i had i would I, I didn't so in that same time same breath because of my height i was also auditioning for colleges and i auditioned for many colleges but the only college i didn't get into was juilliard and i was dumbfounded about it because I made it to the end. I demonstrated a few of the combinations. I've been pulled out. I did my solo. I had a standing ovation. It was like a weird thing. So it was kind of like, oh, I got this in a bag. Mm. And then I got the rejection letter. And the same day I got the rejection letter, there was a message in my answer machine. You know, this is back in the day when we had answer machines. <laughs> um, and it was a professor i still remember his name is dr zaraspi um he called my phone privately and said we were fighting for you we have a new director he's changing the format that the old director had because the old director had passed away suddenly Mm -hmm. um he's changing the format that the old director had blah blah blah. 
regardless, we all loved you. The thing that he couldn't get out of his mind was the fact that you were so small and there was no other dancers that were going to like be at the same level as you. And for me, I'm not calling you to let you know that da, 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 da. I'm calling you to tell you, you are amazing. Keep going. I don't think you should go to school. You need to go already start auditioning for companies. Oh. And that was something that he told me in my answer machine. And I remember just crying about it. But my mother was like, this is a good thing. Like you yeah. like for someone to reach out and get out of themselves, out of the institution and do it privately. This is a really good thing. And I was just like, yeah, you know, I didn't get into Juilliard. <laughs> <laughs> Kept going. The next year I ended up going to SUNY Purchase mm-hmm. uh, college that was inside of New York. And I um, got a sudden random call as well within being two months in school from another teacher who was at Julia named Alexandra Wells. And she called me privately as well and said, Hey, I have this program called springboard. I didn't know that you were at purchase. Now that I know you're at purchase, let's figure out a way to help get you out of the school. So I was like, okay, whatever. So I have this program. It's called springboard. At the time it was called Valley Divertimento. Now it's called springboard dance Morial. And she was like, we have this program called Ballet Divertimento. It's in uh, Montreal. And what we do is we cultivate like a three-week program where you get to run around all over Montreal, where you can take class with Le Grand Ballet, the Canadian. You can take class with La 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 Human Steps. This is back in the day when they were still a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take class with um, Le Ballet Jazz, uh, Cirque, like whatever's in Montreal. We are exposed to it, and I want you to be exposed to it because I want to see if I can get you a job. It's like, all right, cool. So I did it that summer. It was incredible. It like opened my my head because it was a bunch of dancers. Most of the dancers at the time, it was more curated for dancers at Juilliard would handpick people around the country. Um, I did that, and then the same that same year, I came back to purchase because nothing happened. I came back to purchase and I did a nutcracker. And then that nutcracker, I had ran into a woman named Barbara Brandt. Barbara Brandt was the mother of now a ABT star today named Skylar Brandt. Yeah. Skylar Brandt was 10 years old doing Clara at purchase. And so she was the Clara and I was the nutcracker. And she pulled me aside and also said, there's a program called called Youth American Grand Prix. I think you should do it. You're amazing. I think you should win it. If you don't win, I think you should win it so that you can possibly get into the studio company. I was like, wow, if you think so, and I'm looking at her young, her young prodigy, this young 10-year-old prodigy, I'm like, then I'm gonna do it. <laughs> so I did the pro I did Youth American Grand Prix on literally on peanuts you know i mm-hmm. had to you know you have to pay for these type of things and it, right like she figured out a way to make it free for me but i needed to just get to those places mm-hmm. i got to those places like i hitchhiked at one like one of the places to get to like it was like in torrenton connecticut but like once you get to like off the train there's like yeah it's really like that you're like tumbleweeds you know like and I had to figure out a way to get to this competition. 
And so I did it. And then I got to perform live with the stars, with ABT, PNB, blah, 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 whoever was there in New York City that came and performed. And I won a uh, bronze medal for that competition. And I was yes. 19 at the time. And I wanted to do that, not because of the fact that I wanted to, Yes, I wanted to get into the studio company at the time. Mm-hmm. I really wanted to be in a classical company, but I also wanted to use it as a platform for other directors to see me mm-hmm. and so that I could get a job regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, it did catapult me. I had like a great um, write-up in the New York Times. And um, from that same summer, I ended up getting my first job not from Youth American Grand Prix, but with Springboard. I did it again that same summer. I'd already mm-hmm. kind of like had forced a relationship with someone from Youth American Grand Prix, but something was telling me, go to Springboard, maybe something else will happen. Mm-hmm. And something else did happen. I ended up joining a company called Cedar Lake um, Contemporary Ballet. Yeah. Yo, uh, there's... There is so much to unwrap in all of that there. And the easiest way for me to do it is there is a book. I'm not sure if you've ever read it or know about it, but uh, Brenda Dixon is a professor at Temple University. This one I read is, some of her stuff in grad school. Do you, <laughs> have you read uh, The Dancing Black Body? Yes. Yo, yes. this book. Uh, I haven't read, I haven't read the whole book. I just read some uh, no, chapters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of my, uh, this woman used to take my classes at dance for them here in, mm. uh, Sweden in Gothenburg. And she's an older woman from the U S and she just latched onto me. And she was like, for Christmas or my birthday, she, I actually don't even know. She gave, she was like, I have a gift for you. And it was this book. Mm-hmm. This book changed my life because everything you are saying about, especially when they're like, you have two options, you have Ailey, you have right. Lion King there. Right. Is, and, and you mentioned it already. There is still it's it's better now. <laughs> yeah. And notice the pitch of my voice. It's better now, but there is still this uh outdated archaic ideology of what a black body looks like on stage. Right. No no matter the height, weight, size, proportions, right. or skill. Right. It is uh, stringently based upon being a black body and what it's seen as it's too athletic. It's too, it's too strong. It's too, it's not tall enough. It's not short enough. It's not, it doesn't create the same lines. We don't have the colors. We don't have the clothing color for you. We don't know how to light you. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, listening, pick up this book, no matter what your uh, ethnic background is, no matter if you're in the, uh, dance business itself this is a book for you to understand because it also goes slightly into uh for many that don't know uh i just did an open letter to a theater in denmark about representation on stage right and it's gotten picked up by a number of uh uh, press sources in denmark uh i'm actually going to uh in a couple weeks to meet one of the danish unions to talk about representation from that letter but it's again it's these traditional uh practices and ideologies that are still held that people don't realize are there that uh we're going to get into in a little bit when you when you came to Gothenburg as well with the company yeah. but even seeing it's because our 
our quote unquote competition between ourselves as black dancers is also generated because it's like, well, are they really going to hire two of us? Is there enough, is there enough space on stage for us to be seen together in their eyes? Are we too similar or are we different enough to share the space? Is there a quote unquote space that can handle more than one ethnic dark skinned body in this space together and people don't realize that these are actually still things. So even for these back then for your, for these directors to tell you, "Mm, you only have two options. So good luck. Right. And then, and then while all of this is happening for Juilliard, if y'all don't know what Juilliard is, this is the school (laughs) of dance in New York that dancers want to go like entertain, like actors. uh, Yeah. Viola Davis went to Juilliard. Actors, dancers, performers, people are going to Juilliard. It's like prestige. It's like it's like the Harvard of performing arts schools in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For the administration, for the teachers to reach out to you. And again, it's interesting because you were so young. When you get when you get information like that, you're not hearing it. You're only thing, only thing you hear and see is the rejection. You're not seeing or hearing the actual accolades of what it is that you're doing. But repeatedly, the universe kept putting you. Right. In front of these people, and these people are like, "I need you to do this." Right. I see you. I'm sorry for what happened over there, for what people right. don't see outside of everything that they did see. But I need you to do this, and I'm and so I think happy. That was very clear, like that. That no was a great yes because it was one of the things that also helped me go like in not in. I didn't stay in pilot mode. I no. kept moving and you having activity. Yeah, and how I wanted to like see myself in spaces, learn more about the spaces. You know, I had to say like, okay, I'm not going to audition for a Dutch National Ballet when everybody's over 182. You know, like right. I I'm not going to go there. You know, and I mm-hmm. had to start being smart and strategic about my career. Strategic, and, yes. And so that was very clear. Like when I got older, um, and once I started going to different companies that I was very clear, like, oh, what is, what, what is possible for Roderick and how I'm going to be celebrated, how I'm not going to be celebrated. You know, for me, what was so funny is like of all the places that I lived in, I um, loved the most Sweden, you know, Mm -hmm. like that was, that was where I felt like my best self was cultivated because of the city and because of how I was inserting myself into the city. That was also, I think that was, the gift of me, you know, us ru- running around together, like two, mm-hmm. two peas in a pod, you know, we were definitely close in niche. But I think the other thing was as much as I was having a great um, influx into the city, mm-hmm. the way I was working in the company was very traumatic. And I didn't right. understand why, because of the same thing that we're talking about, you know, like seeing, I was a, like after one had left, there was another black body that came right. in and I was that black body. And then another black body came in and then there was another black body. It was like three mm. of us. And I was so happy about three of us being in the room, but the director couldn't understand, especially when your model is saying we are the most diverse company that you see. We have 20 something companies and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, you got 20 something white countries. Right. You know, like, 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 okay, I understand, like, if that's going to be your model, 
let it really look like that on space, on stage. Right. And it's not like that on stage in space. You're still having one person of brown body in there. And then the other one can say, oh, I'm actually Indian or I'm actually that. Or I'm right. actually. So then it, you give space for it, you know? And yeah. so it was very interesting that having you know, at least the two black male figures and you couldn't differentiate the difference between us because we were very different, mm-hmm. but you can differentiate the difference between two white bodies. And then I'm going like, are you, because then that's also the question, are you seeing the difference or are you just seeing that it's making it much more easy to, to stay clear? Like right. there's no bumps, you know, like inside of how people are looking at it. But when we see that black body, we see it very clear because it's, it's, it sticks out. And then if they dance well, now no one's going to watch the rest of the dance. Right. We, so stop right there. I want you to stop right there. So uh, I do want to continue this conversation, but that's part of when you're in Sweden. Mm-hmm. I want to take it back to Cedar Lake real quick, the company, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. get into how you got from Cedar Lake into Basel, into Sweden, then mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Frankfurt, and then back to the U.S., and then into where we are now. Yeah, so, uh, how did you, so Cedar Lake happened when? I, I, I joined the company in 2005. Okay, how long were you with them? I was there until 2007. Okay, two years. Uh, yeah, so I, I did the... I did two years with Cedar Lake. Um, it was kind of um, a bittersweet situation because I really wanted to dance there, but there was mm-hmm. a part of me that was in need of, I, me personally, mm-hmm. I guess I was just always in need of wanting to like learn more and gain more from like, like older dancers. Mm-hmm. And we all were so young. And so that was one thing that I, you know, that had pushed me to move forward. Um, but also when I, while I was at Cedar Lake, I had been meeting a bunch of dancers who were dancing in Europe, who were all like, this person would love you in Europe. That person would love you in Europe. You need to get yourself in Europe. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, I guess I need to listen to these people. Right. <laughs> and so I did an audition during um, a winter break. I went to a few uh, places to audition, <laughs> you know, did one of those moments and then audition. <laughs> and um, I had landed myself into uh, Theatre Basel, Ballet Basel mm-hmm. in Switzerland. And that for me was one of the places I stayed the longest. I was there for six seasons, uh, five and a half years. Um, it was for me, it was like one of my greatest moments and I got to learn so much because I had, you know, what I was gained, what I was asking for, I had got, mm-hmm. you know, where I had learned from one of the, for me, one of my, I call Mama Swift. Uh, Sky Swift was one of the dancers who was one of the first black dancers, black, black soloists at San Francisco Ballet. Right. And I, you know, I knew known of him because of San Francisco Ballet, but then also he had worked at Ailey, he had worked in um, in Geneva Ballet, and then went to Basel where he was retiring. And so we had this nice overlap where he was like, look, I'm going to teach you the ropes a little bit, and I'm going to cultivate some space for you. And then once I leave, 
you're going to be there, but I'm still around the block. So you can always call 1-800, call a bitch, you know? And so (laughs) (laughs) it was very so much that, and I was really grateful for that moment. I had that nice transition of learning more with, not just with him, but there were older dancers who were in the company who were like late forties who were transitioning, who could really like solidify a, a, a certain type of nuance mm-hmm. that I need to have as a dancer. I had worked with almost every choreographer that I, that you could imagine there. If not there, I had worked with them in Cedar Lake. And so that was that. So then when I danced in Switzerland, you know, what was the only hard things about, about being in Switzerland was that there were, there was me and another guy. Um, there were just two black figures mm-hmm. in the company. Um, later on that became, um, a, a girl who was mixed race into the company who was beautiful as well. She became my partner. She was also very small and tiny and di- dynamite like myself. Um, I had a really, really good transition as a dancer. And I feel like the community inside the theater was great, but inside the city, you know, like it's a, it was a little pocket of a city. So mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, my big, figure coming from new york i had hair like this big they had red tips you know i was colorful i had diluted a little bit myself so that i could just assimilate uh something safe for me just to be able to work Mm -hmm. so then when i got to after that i um i auditioned for gothenburg was actually the first place that i ever did like that i ever got into a company through a cattle call audition Mm. All the other places that I've, I've auditioned for, I took class with the company or someone had knew of me and offered me a position from that. But it never was something that I like went to an audition and made it to the end. Like that never happened. And that was the place that I did that. I did a big cattle call audition. There were eight dancers, I think, that got into the company fresh that she had hired. And I was the only dancer of the eight who was hired as a guest. Oh, she was. Yeah. She was not sure about having me as, as a, as a full-time member. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to have me only within six months. And then if I did well, then she would extend my contract. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of how my contract was within Gothenburg, which was interesting because I felt like, in terms of all, not all, but at least some of the dancers that she'd hired, I wasn't fresh out of school. I was, you know, I already had two companies in my belt, let alone two dancers that she did hire. Uh, within the eight dancers, two of the dancers, I had worked with them in Cedar Lake. So she had brought in three people from Cedar Lake. And so I was kind of like scratching my head, like, you hired them full time, but you didn't want to hire me. And I'm already like did two companies and they did one. Right. And let alone, like, it's not about how many companies people are dancing. Like, I want that to be very clear. It's, it's right. not about, it's about experience that I want to kind of like um, implement. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, what she kept saying to me was, which is very interesting because I had the opposite in the other company, was that she thought that I was too classical for the dance company. And I was scratching my head like, so you know I didn't hire myself, right? (laughs) 
but you hired me. Okay, fine. So you hired me and you still keep telling me this notion of like, I'm too classical ballet dancer for this company. But then also all the choreographers that were coming in that she was hiring that were kind of the off kilter ones were the ones who wanted to have me in those pieces. How many quick question, how many people total do you remember were at the cattle call audition? Um, so I know that that audition was a two day audition. So it wasn't like a one day audition. It mm-hmm. was like a two day situation. And I think she had already brought in, like, I think in total, I know for sure it was like more than a, like more than 200 to 300 people. What? And on top of that, it was not just like a one day thing. This was like, so she had been auditioning like 200 or 300 more like, let's say 200 or 150 people. Let's say that something like that, but she had been auditioning 150 people or 200 people like every other weekend. And I think it was like five weekends that she had did. They had that they had did to find dancers because she was brand new. Uh, She was, I was coming in fresh as a new director with new dancers. So she was looking for new dancers to also insert inside that company to create something new and fresh. So that was also a big thing. So it was like, you have to uh, uh, imagine like there's almost a thousand people that she had been watching and taking at least like two or three people from each audition. And then you made to the final eight that she decided. Yeah. Which she wasn't sure because you were too classical in her eyes. Right. Out of the thousand people that she decided to hire. Okay. I just wanted to make, I just wanted to. Break yeah, it, that was, down. it was, it was very interesting. Like mm-hmm. to, like to have that. And also the audition that I did was the most people she hired because it was five of us that got hired mm-hmm. from that one. And, um, cause I think it was Jubal, Harumi, Anna, Anna, mm-hmm. Lotin was in that audition and Matt myself. So it was six, six. it was six of us. And then Fan was at another audition and, um, who was the other person? Was it Pascal? No, I think it was just that. I think it was seven of us. Mm. It was seven of us coming in. And then later on, like six months later, then there was Astrid, Pascal, Kiara. Oh, uh, right. Uh, right, right, right. There was that the was second like, week. That was like six months afterwards. afterwards. Right. She had hired those people. And then like six months later, then it was another group of people like Brittany Brown, right. Nigel. Like there was like a, there was like, it was like every six months she would hire like new people. And then we would be like, okay, well, where they come from? And then, oh, oh, they got a full contract. And I still got a half contract. I don't, this doesn't make no sense. You know, like it was kind of, it was confusing me. Yeah. This was happening. And what I loved about my experience with the company was as much as I was having kind of like, and, I, and I'll, I'll go deeper into that, but as I was having a little bit of a friction with the director in relation to my position as a mm-hmm. dancer, it was the dancers in the company from the old and the new mm-hmm. who were kind of rallying up for me because they had basically, you know, said the same thing I was saying, you know, like if choreographers coming in and they want to work with Roger, then it's not him. 
Right. <laughs> you know, like it's not really him, it's really you. And maybe you have your whole thing about him, you know, mm-hmm. and 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 release him from it so that you cannot keep putting him through that type of like energy because that's extra energy yeah. that both of you are having in the room, you know, mm-hmm. and we don't want to hear what Roderick has to say about, well, Adolfo, blah, 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 blah. And Adolfo, you don't want to keep, you know, keep saying about Roderick, but Roderick can't defend himself, you know? So I think that was the issue that I was having a little bit with, um, with that position, like in that company. Mm -hmm. But needless to say, um, you know, I think the reason why we were having conflict was because I was very sure and confident within myself. Mm-hmm. And the way I was working in the city, which is very different than she was trying, like, I think she was trying to infiltrate something very clear in the city. Mm-hmm. Like she wanted to have DJs coming into the opera to do parties. And she wanted to have like relationships with other studios and other places to bring them inside the theater. I had already did that within the two months of being in the company, like in the company, I was already like, cause I had already worked as a teacher in mm-hmm. Switzerland. So I knew that I needed to keep that, um, that energy. Um, like I need to, um, what's the right way to say? Um, uh, you, you need to, you needed to keep the, you need to keep the connections. You needed to keep it working. Yeah. Keep I wanted to keep the connections, but yeah. I wanted to keep that, that, that juice going. That juice going. You know? Yeah. And, um, you know, as a teacher, like when you already start to lock into something that you really love, I had to like continue that and force that inside of Sweden in the best way. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was taking classes at places and things like this, just to see like, what was the place that I wanted to work at? And, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and then that's how we met. Right. Kind of like, through well, we're going to get into our story of how we met in a little bit, but <laughs> which is also a very interesting story um, in relation to what we we're talking about earlier, right. you know, about, you know, um, being black and feeling yeah. like, Crabs in a barrel, you know, and all that type of energy. But um, I, I just knew that what I was doing in the city, I think that was also rubbing her the wrong way too. Like, how is he doing that so quickly? And blah, blah, blah. And mm. I'm a director of a company. My ego's bruised, you know, and I mm. feel like that was what's ha- what was happening. Right. How long did you end up staying with the company? I stayed with the company for a year and a half. Um, that was... And it wasn't even a year and a half. It, yeah, it was. It was. It was not even. No, it was like a year. <laughs> it was just a year and a month. Mm-hmm. It was a year and a month. Wow. It was a year and a month and I was working that fast. Okay. Yeah. A little fast ass. Yeah, I was working real fast. Yeah, I basically. Getting around. Get, getting your little ass around the city. No, no, it's right. It's right. It was it was a year and a half. It was a year and a half because I did the first half of the second year. You came in in 2013. 12. 12. Oh, so it was a year and a half because you ended yeah. up leaving in January 2014. 14. Yeah. And that kind of like, weirdly enough, when I knew that, so what ended up happening. I thought I was going to get my contract extended. We had just mm-hmm. did this crazy performance with Chernard, Marie Chernard, mm-hmm. and I was the lead of both of the pieces, almost like, well, more of the last piece, but I danced a lot in both pieces. Mm-hmm. Plus, I was doing some other work and other things. Um, 
that production had happened and then randomly out of the blue we had gotten um i communicated well prior to that i had communicated to her that i wanted to do this program called springboard that was also a program that i had did doing going back you know montreal going backwards in montreal going backwards where i had got my first job at cedar lake there mm-hmm. going backwards from this woman named alexandra wells who had forced it a career as a dancer, I wanted to go back and be like, hey, as a choreographer, can I come come out there and maybe possibly do some work mm-hmm. for um, Springboard? And she was like, yes, I want you to come, blah, blah, blah. So I talked to Adolfo and I was like, hey, I'm very interested in this thing. I want to like solidify and, I, and another idea for me as a choreographer. I just want to like to get your blessing if I can do it this summer. And she was like, yeah, you should do it. I'm all about it. She was actually really encouraging. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that I was very happy about with us having that that really positive conversation. Then randomly out the blue, we had gotten tours. And the tours were basically in Scandinavia. Mm-hmm. And they wanted us to perform Right of Spring from Marie Renard. And they mm-hmm. wanted us to do uh, title, um, Untitled Black from Sharon Liao. Mm-hmm. I was heavily the primary of both. those pieces yeah and like in the center of uh uh untitled black i was doing this big duet so i was kind of just saying look i can do the tour i'm all about the tour just let you know the last two days i can't do because you gave me the blessing to go to montreal mm-hmm. um lotum knows my duet from this piece so he's good you know he's already performed it once and uh, Harumi Mar- uh, knows my part in, Sh- in Marie Chouinard. Mm-hmm. So we good, like, because if, and I just talked to her, I was like, what if I got injured? You know, if I got injured, we will, you know, we would have had to do this anyway. Tour, like, we right. would know what to do, you know? So she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I need you to do this tour so you can't do springboard. And I was like, but you just told me I can do it and I just sent my money. Right. So I can't, I can't get my refund let alone, are you going to give me the money back for it? Because I would love to have my money back. Right. And with all that being said, she was, she thought I was, she wanted to find a way to bluff, like to call the bluff. Mm -hmm. So then she just kind of, instead of just like saying, hey, let's talk about it. Let's come back to it. Mm -hmm. She took me out the whole tour. (gasps) So then I was just basically in the company collecting money, not working. (laughs) <laughs> and then on top of that as she took me off the whole tour she also was like hey so after the premiere because we were getting ready to do the we were like getting ready to do the premiere for Shinar. Mm-hmm. so we we had gotten this tours randomly out the blue but then we were getting ready to do the premiere of the piece mm-hmm. in sweden she's like yeah so before the premiere uh can we have a conversation blah blah, blah in the office I was like, yeah, premiere's happening tonight. Like, I think I'm good. Like, she basically told me the day of the premiere. Yeah, so I'm going to not extend your contract for next year. So I'm just going to have you just come in for six months and then that's it. And I was like, wait, you're going to tell me this the day of, day the, of premiere, the premiere? Where you know clearly I'm one of the heavy hitters in the show. And are you trying to like mentally like, disrupted 
like what are you trying to do like as a as a director and to your dancer mm-hmm. who's working for you like you could have told me this the day after you could have told me this a week later after the like after mm-hmm. the the height of the piece i was feeling very uncomfortable about it so that happened and so i was telling myself well then use springboard as a way to not only just be there as a choreographer but use it as a way to kind of like help solidify another job in, right you know somewhere else. use it as a platform can, that it is it's a springboard literally right and so if it works it works if it doesn't it doesn't but by this time now start poking at the institutions in gothenburg mm-hmm. and see if you can teach or be full-time teacher there mm-hmm. and then just use that as a way to kind of buffer yourself into another um institution mm-hmm. if you want to be a dancer or whatnot so i had already kind of like spoken to the ballet academy and i was like hey i would love to teach can i be like full-time so we had worked on a contract to be full-time mm-hmm. this springboard happened i had worked with um, the associate director for the William Forsyth Company in Frankfurt, Germany. He was uh, there. They had somehow something happened where a dancer was injured that Alex was interested to having in the work. So she came to me and was like, look, I know your situation, blah, 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 blah. If you're going to transition to another company, I think that's the type of company you should be going to because no more repertoire company. You, you rep down. You know, (laughs) I think you should be working with someone specific like that. And you've always said you want to be a dancer for him. Let's just see if we can get you in that room. If nothing happens, just get you in that room. I was like, okay, fine. I'm happy about it. Let's (laughs) do it. And also what the program does is that it doesn't really, like if you're a choreographer, you don't really dance. You just focus on being a choreographer in that program. Mm -hmm. So I was doing that as dancer and choreographer. Now, back in the day, when it originally was started, we would have emerging choreographers inside of the thing. But mm-hmm. then as it got bigger and much more of a, like a bigger like situation, it became more a forcing thing for just something very specific of what you're going into. Right. Anyway, um, I did it. Um, I became really good friends with um, Christopher Roman. And then Christopher sent the email just saying, hey, if any of you all are available, can you come during this time and that time and see if you can just take class with us, with the company, get to know William Foresight. Um, we will, he could do a little small little workshop. That's that. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'm about to leave this company anyway. So I might as well use this time to go and start auditioning for companies. Right. So I had, I was doing my last production at Gothenburg in January, uh, end of December. And uh, I had two more performances in January. So between those two performances in January, I had asked Adolfa, hey, I'm gonna go do some auditions now. I'll be back for the last production. And she was like, okay, fine. So I went and started auditioning. So I took a week off to go to Frankfurt and I was actually saying I was auditioning, but I was just only just wanted to do that one workshop with mm-hmm. Bill. And then I was actually starting to, I'd already communicated with other companies in Germany. Um, and also uh, I had c- contacted with a few companies in Sweden and uh, in Norway. 
So I was like, all right, I have places I can go. Audition, just mm-hmm. need to take my time. I did the one week uh, uh, situation in Frankfurt. So what ended up happening was the day I arrived in Frankfurt um, to class with the company, like around in the middle of the bar, one girl is like limping and we're all kind of like, what's happening? All right, whatever. So, you know, I don't know what's going on, but we all just kind of continue class, but we do see people kind of like flooding around and, you know, and and there's a lot of, there's a lot of energy. So then Bill comes and he's like, so I just want to let you all know, um, we were supposed to have rehearsal. We're not going to have rehearsal now. Um, no, they started rehearsal. No, Mm -hmm. they started rehearsal. Mm -hmm. And as they started rehearsal, um, you could see like, a lot of energy happening. So then Bill stops the rehearsal. He's like, okay, everyone, we're going to just go on lunch. As we go on lunch, just going to let you all know, we're going to cancel rehearsal. And all the dancers that came into town, we'll just do a workshop after lunch. We're like, okay, come to find out that figure that was limping, she got injured at the bar. Like literally just got injured randomly. Meniscus. No. Uh, yeah. Meniscus situation. Mm. And we're all like, oh man, like, like she got injured, blah, blah, blah. We do the workshop. I get a call from Christopher Roman, associate director later on that evening. Like, so Diva, can I ask you a question? I'm like, yeah. So you sure you leave in Gothenburg? Like when you leaving? Wait, wait, you sure you leave in Gothenburg? You sure you getting fired? I was like, <laughs> I'm a, Sears is a heart attack. I ain't got no job on this day. He's like, okay, I'm gonna call you back. Okay, whatever. He calls back literally an hour later. So wait, wait, wait. One more time. When you leaving? <laughs> uh, I'm leaving the company on January or something. Mm-hmm. He's like, okay, because Bill would like to hire you to replace Natasha in March. I was like, who's Natasha? First, I'm like, who's Natasha? And then he's like, the Russian woman who got injured today, he wants you to replace her. He thinks you would be perfect to replace her. And I was like, well, then I'm available. (laughs) And then I said to him, I said, well, only thing that's going to be an issue is if you hire me as a guest to replace Natasha, only issue is that I'm going to lose my visa on this day in Sweden on January so-and-so. It's like the day after my contract finishes. He was like, really? Okay, let me call you back. Okay. Calls him back another 30 minutes later. He's like, all right, so can you start tomorrow? Excuse me? And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, just start learning rap tomorrow until the day you leave. Go perform in Sweden. And then when you're, when you're ready and finished up, come back and then you start re- rehearsing. So Because we have a first tour on this day. I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, cause, so I think the best thing that we could do is just hire you so we can have you. And then Bill can have you do Natasha's part. And then we just find a way to keep you in the company. And I was like, oh, okay. So that's what ended up happening is that all that happened in one day. What? I remember, listen, I remember you coming back and being so damn stressed out. <laughs> Cause I couldn't figure out like how to fit, finish like packing and moving and packing. But and I need to do it all in like, and you're supposed to start at Ballet Academy with me teaching full time. You're like, uh, I don't know how to tell Alex. I don't know how to get this. I was like, boo, this is what you're supposed to be doing. It'll work itself out. Just go that. I didn't realize that it happened that fast. Like literally that. 
like, like in the like, blink of an eye. And so it was like, for me, it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because mm-hmm. as much as this thing was happening, like this trauma was happening in Sweden, this other thing kind of happened, which one, one of the greatest geniuses of the 20th century yes. is like, I want him, blah, blah, blah. I don't understand why this director in this other company doesn't see the greatness of him. Like, it was the weirdest thing. Like, I needed somebody. Like, and I was trying to validate myself, and it was really hard to validate myself in a place that seemed so toxic at the time. Well, it was toxic because of that one figure. Right. So let's go Let's go back to the conversation that I paused the topic of the mm-hmm. conversation. Because that, I actually remember that happened, that specific conversation, or that... Spe- that specific example from that conversation of the black body standing out too much and becoming problematic that people didn't want to watch the other members of the company because in that rite of passage, a spring rite of passage was the piece, right? Right. Right. of Spring, spring right. of Spring, right. of Spring that you had this sequence that you went across the floor that I will never freaking forget. And you actually got written up in the paper about your performance Mm-hmm. In that prior to that, really, no, not one specific company member had gotten, quote unquote, that much attention. And it became problematic because s- certain people, I will say, felt that you were trying to be a star outside of the company. And it's like, only thing I did was perform what the choreographer wanted me to perform with my strengths and what I brought, which is why it was recognized. I can't dumb down my skill set and performance because that's what they wanted, which is why right. the piece is so big, which is why we're right. supposed to go on tour. Like, I, uh, so again, this is why I wanted to pause because I knew that was uh, circuitous or uh, routed into your time in Sweden specifically mm-hmm. that part of, I believe that part of the conflict with Adolfa that you had was kind of. that, you your light shined so much brighter than and, many- and you remember i don't know if you remember all the things that i was doing inside the company too I, like yeah. you remember the, the christmas thing that i was yeah. doing when i was singing with um bernard you bernard. know and bernard was our piano was a piano player and it was just something that happened naturally it was because bernard liked me i like i like singing and so he was like, let's do a Christmas function for, for the whole opera. Right. And the whole opera was like, we're here for it. You know, like, right. I had started cultivating small things just because it was just so natural and it was organic and everyone wanted to be around me. But I think I wasn't trying to do anything like malicious or whatnot. And it is such a cultural thing. We've, we've talked about this too. Yes. There's a cultural thing in Sweden where they say, you know, if, your nail is too high. We will hammer it down to be even with all the rest of them. Right. And, you know, we know that, but then on the flip side, as a, as a director, um, when you're having a dancer who's having like, um, or let's say if you're having a special dancer who's bringing pool to mm-hmm. the company, you also want to use that to, to, to bring in other great dancers into it. Right. It, bec- it becomes a, it becomes somewhat of a prestige of renownedness a right. uh pretty much public relations for the company that we have this level of art uh, artistry working with us that our company is getting 
we are recognized for having such high levels, specifically in Scandinavia and Europe. The, co- the, the company is world known. The company is known more outside of Sweden than it is in Sweden. So right. to have that artistry with you is just another quote unquote nail on the head of this is why we are known of what we're known to be. And it's actually really funny as well because the director wasn't Swedish. So, and the Swedish people right. were actually all for it. The Swedish people were like, oh, this is amazing. We, in the number of years, we haven't gotten this amount of uh, press coverage. And it's not specifically for this person. While that person's mentioned, it's about the company that the review was of the show, but right. with an acknowledgement of this person for their performance. So, okay. So again, it, and, and again, uh, it I becomes- think it also had to do with as well that because that she didn't ever see me in that way, that that was, that was messing up with her psyche. If right. it had been someone that she had pushed forward and they had gotten that coverage, she right. would have been like, I did that. I did right. that. Right. But what it looked like is that I was doing it for myself and I had made it happen for myself. And I was like, I, I'm not doing anything. I just like, I like partying. Yeah. I like drinking. I, I, I just like clubbing, like I like music. So if people I've met in a pat, like in, in, in relations yeah. like that at Nefertiti or whatever, yeah. or whatever, like if that happened, then that happened. But I wasn't out here calling somebody like, all right, so uh, we're going to do a mission impossible moment. <laughs> you know, like I'm not, I wasn't doing so I need, that. So I need you to get this, uh, this, this art critique, this critique mm-hmm. to write about me in here mm-hmm. to show so, how good so, I, she, I can keep my contract. I'm trying to keep my right. contract. You know, like I wasn't doing that, but you know, ser- but serendipitously as well, it's the more, the more you try and be stifled or the more someone tries to stifle you, the more that your natural light shines through. And that is problematic for a lot of people. Cause again, as you said, the uh, just in topic of conversation, it's, um, I'm going to give you a six month contract because I feel you are, n- you're too classical for this company, but yet now you're getting all of this work for the company. Now you're getting more attention than the rest of the people that I wanted. Mm. What's the next, what's the next, what's the next excuse? Right. But as you said, it was a blessing in disguise. We, again, we never really see the, I say everything is a learning experience, even if it's yeah. negatively toxic, even if it's uh, destructively toxic, it, there's a learning experience to happen in that, that it gave you, it gave you this literally access to springboard, to springboard yourself into what you manifested of wanting to work with the legendary William Forsyth. And that's what, and he said, I want him to replace this woman, which doesn't really happen by the way, that a male figure replaces a female figure in a dance company right? because there are all those, those are those, there are those traditional lines that happens there as well. But listen, it was greatness. It was you, you are, as I always said, you are a force to reckon with it as much as you try not to showcase it or try and be within, it's just going to shine out because that's who you are. Um, you danced with Forsyth for two years. Yeah. And then he suffered his tragic, uh, medical. No, no, he's fine. No, the company ended though. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 no, <laughs> so no. I was like. I was like. Oh no no. He's no, no 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 no. The yeah yeah the company the company folded. Yeah. <laughs> yes, the company folded, and I knew that. I knew that coming into the company, um, they were very clear. Everyone was very clear, because um, not everyone. I will say that like most of the dancers had been listening to Woody Forsyth say this for years. Like mm. I'm done. Yeah. And then they're like, they're like, all right, all right. And this time he was literally like, I don't need to say it out loud. I'm done. Mm-hmm. And the people were still like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, wait, I said, I need to pack up my shit. Okay. For real? I got to pack it up? You know, like they was, some of them were not ready for that transition. Right. Um, for me, I was coming in very clear, like, you know, use this another way to just help you do another thing, which I did. And it was great. I learned some of the greatest things in my whole entire life work with him. I'm still work with him as mm-hmm. we speak. Um, but, you know, um, I use it for a lot of learning, just a lot of learning um, possibilities in my life as a choreographer, as a dancer, mm-hmm. as a, philosopher as everything you know it was just such a great 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 um uh, point of departure and then i went to berlin after that as a, as a freelance artist um starting to work with um choreographers like jerome bell mm-hmm. uh, tino Segal. um these were performing arts um curators and uh, and choreographers um uh, dramaturgs, um, they were great people. Well, one was great. And um, and then in process of being in Berlin, I was like, look, Christopher was calling me right away as well saying, Dio, you need to start doing your own thing. You're in Berlin. It's a hub for creativity. Mm-hmm. Find a way to force yourself to do your own thing. Alongside of moving to Berlin, I was living with one of my best friends since the age of 14. He, he was living there in Berlin. Another friend of mine from New York was moving in with his partner. So I was like, you know what? Let's get together. Let's, Let's do something do real this. quick. So we made a little something. And um, a woman named Anna Mutter, who at the time, she still is kind of, but not at not in the same light. But she was the um, curator and, yeah, more like curator at the um, Sophia and Zala. Mm-hmm. theater uh fish uh theater in um berlin it's more of a place that's for like young creators and for emerging artists in berlin she asked me to be a part of it and i was like yeah sure i would love to be a part of it so i presented that quartet um that i created on my friends and from that quartet helped catapult me into doing more things in berlin and outside of berlin uh, what we performed in Tel Aviv, in Frankfurt, um, in France, um, in uh, Switzerland. So I was like very happy that I was starting to get some traction with my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just knew that Berlin ultimately was not a, um, a place of, of arrival. I knew mm-hmm. it was somewhere I was just going to have and depart from. A launching <laughs> pad. A launching pad. A launching flat pad. And it was, you know... As much as I did love the like freedom that Berlin created, for me it always was like a very dark cloud place. 
mm-hmm. I became, I got into a, like a very negative space in my life being there. And um, I think some of the things that I was experiencing uh, at other places were not happening in that place. Like what I was saying about Sweden, you know, mm-hmm. where I would go anywhere and it would be a part. Mm-hmm. It would be like, I don't know why, you know, especially with us, we would go to right. a place at six o'clock in the afternoon or in the early evening. And then we would leave the next morning mm-hmm. at Child. three o'clock in the morning. Both and then we both be like, o'clock. we got to work. <laughs> and we would not even know because the way the world, I mean, the way, not the world, but the way this uh, thing started shifting, which is organic. Mm-hmm. And I miss that it was always filled with positivity and was filled with like a great grace grace. And um, that was not happening a lot in Berlin unless you were like, and I wasn't a person who was into drugs. I only Mm -hmm. just, you know, I just like alcohol Mm -hmm. and it was not even like hard alcohol. I would beer, you know, like that was it. Um, So with that being said, I knew that I needed to do something different and only reason I started doing things differently was because of family stuff. When my mm. father passed, I went home to Houston to kind of be with my family. And that's when I started working again with William Forsyth with new productions. Mm-hmm. And then I said to myself, it's like, um, maybe I can just hang out here in America for a little bit and see what this does. I was still heavily I was kind of trying to like force something in Houston, but I knew it was not the place. Mm-hmm. And um, the virus happened. When the virus happened, um, I felt like I was stuck. I still had my visa in Berlin. I felt like I was stuck kind of like where I was. Mm-hmm. And I lost my visa. I could have gotten on a plane and said like, no, I can go home, blah, blah, blah. But I didn't have an, I didn't have an apartment. I rented out my apartment. And I realized it's like, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll just hang out and see what happens. Right. So when I lost the visa, I decided to say, okay, Houston is not it. You know, it's not it. People in Texas are crazy. You know, with with mask and vaccination. You know, so many other things. You know, we're talking about that. (laughs) So let me run away. Let me run away from that and go back to place that I've always felt like what was home to me and I came back to New York mm-hmm. and as I moved back to New York I we uh now I'm like moving around much more easy because the community the community knows that I'm back in the space and I've always came back to New York every summer or at least every year to teach here or there but it was mm-hmm. harder to get that momentum because I had to tell people oh I work with so-and-so Oh, I do this. Oh, I do that. But this time, I don't have to do that. It's because people are just saying, Roderick is back in town. And so things are just kind of floating. And the hustle is not as as much. Look, it's New York. You still have to hustle. But the hustle of me not having to talk about myself, walk as being a walking CV, is not necessary anymore because my name somehow has helped me you know, solidify my position here in New York. So I've because been very you're a grateful. badass bitch. Because you done, you, done, you done did the world and companies and made a name and your own company and your own work. No name. Fleshless Beast. That's why I said at the beginning. Was that was that actually the original piece? That Was that the first piece that you did? Or was that the second piece? It was the second piece. Second piece. Which I was the supposed to fly to Berlin to see, but I couldn't. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first surprising. piece it did was dust. It was dust. Dust. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, but in moving to New York and everything's work because you've actually been traveling the country as well, teaching your teaching game back in the U.S. has elevated up to like okay yeah it's a lot but but speaking of education yes so yeah um funny enough you know the reason why i jumped in so i just finished half of my grad school i just did graduate uh a graduate program with the hollands university Mm -hmm. and you know the reason why that kind of happened was due to covid and the reason why I say that is because when I came to New York, I moved to New York last year in July. And I was still, somehow I was working and... It's already been a year? Things were, but then, huh? I said, it's already been a year? Yeah. Then I said, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so, like, th- I was working and things were happening. And then it went down, like, for us in New York again, like, COVID. Yeah. So then, and I guess because of the summer was over and everything, so everything kind of plummeted. So then I realized, what am I going to do? Yeah. I wasn't in a university. I kept reaching out to universities to see if I can teach online, if I can mm-hmm. do this, if I can do that. You know, everyone was having a lot of Zoom classes. Nobody was wanting to hire me. So then I had to be, I had to like take myself aside and say, you know what? You're going to have to go get yourself a nine to five and figure out a way to survive in the city instead of using your ego and killing yourself with your ego. Mm-hmm. So I ended up uh, working at Uniqlo. I had to work at Uniqlo in October and that felt like the lowest of the low. And I realized, all right, you got to do something. You yeah. got to do something. So, and finish this little job and go ahead and go to apply. Start applying right now for grad school so that you don't have to have to do this ever again in your life. You're too mm-hmm. old for this. And so I applied for grad school. I got into grad school. And so that was one of the main reasons that particular thing, going to work for a retail store that I worked at last time I worked at a retail store was when I was 19 years old. Yeah. You know, so that's almost 20 years. Don't die. Hey, people, don't be yeah. asking. Don't do yeah. <laughs> I ain't say, say nothing. I, I was left it out. I left it right there. I left it right there. <laughs> but so, yeah, so, you know, that was interesting. And what are you getting your master's in? Uh, it's, it's in relation to what I'm doing. So a master's in dance. Mm. Um, but it's really for me to cultivate a space to teach dance with positive eyes. With positive eyes mm-hmm. And also with... um to curate the space for all shapes and sizes. And last to also be, you know, I've always kind of in some way, and I think we both have this in common. Um, I've always loved being, let's say, an agent to the community. Mm-hmm. If I'm closely working with someone and blah, 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 and you're in need of something, blah, 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 that's, my, that's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. I'm, I'm supposed to connect you, you two. Yep. So that you can get a job and they can get a great dancer. Yep. And so I've always loved that. I've always loved being an agent for the community. And I think doing grad school also helped 
me to solidify who is working here, where they're working at, who's here. You know, like, that's what I want to do. Right. Nice. So what's next for Mr. George? Um, so I'm finishing my last hoorah with Willie Forsyth in December. So I have, a, I start touring, literally. Um, I get on a plane on Sunday, on Monday, next Monday. Get on oh. a plane with, on Monday and I go to Switzerland, Geneva, and we start rehearsing, pulling the tour back together. We haven't done it in almost a year and so. So it's going to be a lot of body parts that are going to be hurting. Yeah. And, um, but, you know, I'm starting to do that. And then alongside of that, I'm also helping another choreographer who's based here in New York, um, assisting him uh, with the production in London. So all that's happening within this first half of the year. And then I may be transitioning to another position um, in the fall. Um, so that, you know, I'm just happy that a lot of movement is happening. But alongside of that, I'm also trying to finish grad school so that I possibly can be working in some university here in New York. I would love to stay in New York um, and to really create and foster another space that, that I can say that is home. Mm-hmm. But I do want to kind of open up the floodgates so that I can be much more free to move and work in other places that I've been wanting to do forever, which is still have a residency. I would love to make a res- residency every year with Ballet Academy in Gothenburg. I would yeah. love to make a residency, you know, in Switzerland, you know, with the company that I worked with there before, you know, at least like find a way to cultivate those spaces I've worked in before mm-hmm. and um, let them know that you've helped me. How can I help? How can I give back? Right. Okay. Work it out, Roger George around the world. Okay. So before before we finish this up, two more things. One, mm-hmm. let's go back into black people and black spaces and meeting each other. Ooh. When <laughs> so when Roger and I first met, uh, he had joined the company, and one of my close friends was a former member of the company. And oh, she, she was came- still a member in the, in the company when I was there. Was she? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I thought she was working mm-hmm. with the children at the. Oh no, that was 2012. She no, because she did La La La. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Forgot about that. So she's like, "There's this amazing, there's amazing guys from the U.S. You'd love them. You guys get along so well." I'm like, "Okay, sure, it's American guy. Sure, I'll meet him." Blah 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 blah. And then apparently she said the same thing to you, but she's like, "Oh, I have this friend that I work with. You love him." Blah 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 blah. I I forget which show I went to see with her, and she was like, "Oh, Mike, come here. This is." Roderick. Oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're, we're, we're in the lobby at the after party of the premiere, and we both just turn and go, hey. <laughs> like, really? She, she introduced me to the one Black person right. in, the com- in, the com- in the company, so we're going to be best friends because... All right, whatever. Okay, so all right. We d- we literally do the fish, the the dead fish handshake. Like, hey, nice, <laughs> nice to meet. You. Okay, yeah. But then this one, Jay <laughs> was like, "Oh, you can take my information," <laughs> and I'm like, "Okay." 
So I took his <laughs> number that, down. Not that we, yo, not that we can exchange information. It was straight up. You can take my info. Yeah, it was. Re- it was very like, and so I was like, okay. So I took his number down, but I, in my head, I was like, I'm never calling him ever. <laughs> I'm doing it. I'm doing this. I'm doing this for face value for my girl Monica. Same thing. It's all face you know value. What? Oh yeah, you can take my number here. Just you know, very American. Nice to you meet know, you. Like, Absolute. You did wonderful job tonight. Great job. Awesome. But then moving. It took like about a month, I think. Uh, it was still oh, maybe a few weeks. I think it was like a few weeks. Yeah. You you hit you hit me up on text. You're like, yo, what's up? You want you want to grab a drink? I was like, oh, he actually hit me up. Sure. We can. So we met at we met at Central Station. It was like, what, what, what you want to do? Um, <laughs> I was like, you live here. I don't know. I don't know nothing about this place. Take I was like, me. okay, I'll take you to one of my watering holes. And that's when I took you to Johnny Boy John, John Scott's bar on Avenue. I know this is this is Gambleburg. This is my town. I know everybody and a mama up in here. And so we started drinking and just. And we both t- we both clicked on that one moment. We both was, was like, so I just want to tell you, I was wasn't planning to call you, right? <laughs> but I was bored. I had nothing to do. I said, why not? And look at us now. And then that night, that night we met. Was we the first infamous night. <laughs> we met at like six o- six or seven o'clock at night. It was like, we just, I was like, we can meet for a drink. Sure. All of a sudden the entire bar is around us. Like, Oh, you guys got to come out. We end up going to another bar after that bar closed and met some more people who and then got home at three thirty, four o'clock and you had rehearsed and I had to teach at eight o'clock. And it was just like, yo, the hell just happened. And then from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go work. I'm going to sleep somehow. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow. And then it just, and then it became the dynamic duel of Roderick and Gamble. And you did the, uh, I had you, I hired you for the corporate event at Svenska Messan. Mm-hmm. Little gig, little gig. Had you, uh, then I started doing the following year. I started doing, you started teaching at Dance Fordham. Yeah. And uh, when I started doing, Lacage, the musical. I had you covering my classes, and mm-hmm. we had we had a nice gig. And then I was doing the workshop weekends. Had you do a workshop. You did. So we gotta shake it, break it, get down. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and then so it was just we just announced my little brother that I never wanted that I have <laughs> I doing you. his thing, <laughs> trying to get you back as much as possible. But you know, Corona happened and. Yeah. Now we're here. But that y'all just needed to hear that story because the first thing we both did was like, mm. <laughs> oh, you got oh the black person. Oh, okay. Right. So, oh, he's American. You you oh, okay. Okay, right. Oh, so you can take my you can take my info. <laughs> <laughs> For those that know me, don't you know that the angelic smile is really just a facade of the level of assholery that goes on in my mind, <laughs> but I do it with yeah. a smile. So you can't really be mad at me. <laughs> my mother calls me an asshole. It's just, it's just the thing. It's just, she says it with love, but I do. I don't disagree with you.
So there's one more thing before we go. Last name is Gamble. Play on it all the time. I bought a roulette table that was Uh-oh. filled with 16 shot glasses. Uh-oh. Each shot glass is numbered and coordinates to a question. And if okay. we were together, if Corona's over and we get to be in a studio and do this again, uh, if you don't want to answer the question, you would have to do a shot. But, gotcha. but hopefully you trust me enough that you just go and answer the question. All right. <laughs> do you trust me? All right, I trust you. <laughs> so we spin the magic roulette ball. Then she spins around and lands on number 33. Ooh, All right. Down. Number 33. Get my answer sheet. Oh, this is a fun. Nope, that's the wrong one. Rather. Oh, <laughs> this would, I, I want to hear your answer on this. Uh oh. An artist or a job you would never work with again. Oh, I mean, y'all already know. We already talked about that one. So we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> okay, you want, um, you want to do another one? You want to do another I'm going to do another one. Huh? Oh, you want to do another question or you want to do, yeah, another, do another, another question? question? No, we can do another question. Okay. So uh, she who shall continue to be unnamed name that we already talked about before, he would never work with again. We already know that toxic relationship that happened. See, that, 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 that question. Funny was... story, but I got a funny story for you, though. Okay, go. With that relation, she came to one of my performances. In Germany. Twice, twice. She came to two of my performances, one in Frankfurt and one at uh, Kampenauga in uh, Hamburg. The first when she came to Hamburg, she didn't know I got into the company because I didn't tell nobody. Right. And then, you know, just the ones that came to my app, you know, when I did the, the, the um, my housewarming. Yeah. Going away party. And those people knew. But other people, and I'm sure people probably said something, but I was kind of like, whatever. So then she just showed up and she was like, oh, you're dancing for Foresight? See, look how great things happen. I was just like, <laughs> and I walked away. Second thing, she came to my last performance in Frankfurt and she tried to, like, we were like in two separate groups and I was on the other side and she was in another side and people were like getting kicked out of this restaurant that we were at and we were all just talking, but I was trying to keep my distance. I didn't want to like, I just didn't want to have the... I didn't want to do the 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 fake um, the fake yeah the cordial situation. I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to just have my night with my friends and move on. So she found herself like weaving through the people and came through and was like, "Hey, Roderick, I just I deserve a hug, right?" As she comes in for the hug, I literally did the karate chop situation. Like, no, bitch. <laughs> I came up full on like, no. I said, I'm sorry. I just can't hug you right now. It's been a long day. I'm sorry. And you could tell the whole tension that everybody was just like, <gasps> like, people were like <laughs> and I was just not afraid anymore. Cause I guess a part of me was saying, you can no longer take my power anymore. No. That's the one. Number two, I don't work for you. And you don't, and like, I don't think I ever work for you. And if you go talk to other people, fine. But whatever the case may be, if you go talk to other people, they probably would be like, good on him for making his boundaries. Boundaries. And you mm-hmm. cross you cross those boundaries. And I wanted her to understand, like, I don't care, like, what type of figure you are. Because at one point, I'm going to be that figure. And I have to make sure that I force her 
something positive outside into the world because what you were not doing was forcing something positive. That's why you got fired at two <laughs> institutions, not one, but two. Now we keep going. Excuse me. Okay. We going, wait, that was a bad one. (laughs) We spin around, we spin around. She lands on lucky number two. All right. What we got? Number two. Number two. Uh (laughs) I am not making this up. Number two is what is your worst job experience? <laughs> we just gonna finish with the unit. Wait, wait. I'll say this. I'll say another one. I'll say another one. Worst job experience. Okay, so <laughs> I I had uh, I had to work at Super Target. Ooh. Yeah. It wasn't like normal Target. It was like Super Target. It was in Houston. I was like 16 years old. So that was like for me was one of the worst experiences because I was like doing that while going to high school and also doing Houston Ballet. And like I was using that money to help pay for like like the water bill and like yeah. a gas situation, but like that was kind of like not the fun, not as fun that I ever had in my life. But we going we gonna just keep moving. We, we just gonna get, so we should we should we no we're gonna leave it there. We're gonna leave it there. <laughs> if people want to find if people want to find out more about you. Uh, are you available on, do you have a website, social media that they can connect with and see some stuff? How, 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 how they find, how they find Mr. Roderick George? Well, I think, uh, yeah, if you type on Google Roderick George, you'll be able to find videos of, of stuff that I had or Roderick R. George is my Instagram, um, where people can find me, Mm -hmm. um, and my website, uh, nonameartist.org. How do you spell so, no name? So we just want to take the W out. So K N O name M N A M E artist A R T A I S T. Oh, I'm sounding like crazy. Dot org. Dot org. Okay. That's no name, no without the W. K N O N A M E A R T I S T dot org. Roderick R. George on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you have a TikTok or Twitter or Snapcrap or? No, go. We don't do that. I, I awesome. look. I, Instagram is as, is as much as we gonna get. You that's, know, that's, and you barely need that. Listen, it's, I know Instagram get. nowadays is now the CV for artists, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And I realized that when I was helping some, um, I was helping a choreographer few months ago look for dancers um i would go to people's instagrams and i would say like oh this is what this is their video look at that blah, blah, mm. blah, blah. oh or i would write them and i would say do you have a video you should mm-hmm. put video on your instagram so that choreographers can find that because um right now this is how people are getting hired these days um um we're it's no longer the 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 generation like us where we were sending via post a dvd a a resume and a headshot like you weren't doing that you're not doing it anymore um you're actually going to people's instagram and you're looking at their headshots through the instagram you're looking at you know you may have even in the bio what they have done in the past 
and you're seeing videos. So I encourage dancers that are out there, young dancers and young people that are out there, use your Instagram as a, as a CV, because that's what it is for us today. Unfortunately, directors and, and other curators and other um, whatever, because I just mm-hmm. got a job. Um, actually, recently, I just like yesterday, I just got offered a situation from a fashion show here in New York. And um, it was through what she saw through my CV and someone recommended me. So it's it's unfortunately CV. Sorry, my uh, Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> uh, so, you know, unfortunately, this is where where we are at today and how we're changing technology and helping technology at our benefit. And um, if you can do it, do it. Mm. Okay. I'm going to let you have that. And with that being said, if you're not doing it, make sure you're following at Gamble's Green Room on Instagram.com where you get some behind-the-scenes information and behind-the-scenes footage from these uh, talks and more information about my guest artists and some special uh, goodies coming up, excuse me. Then also make sure you stay tuned to gamblesgreenroom.com. Right now has the link tree to all of the digital streaming services where you can find the podcast, but also we're going to be opening up our Gamble Green Room shop with our Gamble Green Rooms merch coming up, sweatshirts and all Uh that good stuff. So you can be rocking the Gamble's Green Room on the body. Uh Like who that is? Mike Gamble, Gamble's Green Room, you know? Check it out. Ha ha. Uh, Roderick, thank you so much, little bro, for being here. So much wonderful information. Keep shining your light. Keep spreading your joy. Keep spreading your artistry. Keep doing the damn thing, brother. And keep from from your start of people telling you what you can and cannot do. Keep proving them wrong, baby. Thank you, my friend. Thank Love you. you. Love you. And rock out this last year, your uh, master's. Woo! I can't believe it's not, I can't I literally can't believe it's already done. It just it literally feels like two months ago you started. But uh, uh, it was. <laughs> OK, it was. OK, I'm going to leave that there. <laughs> Love you much. We will talk soon. Thank you very much, baby boy. Allah.